Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Amen. Good morning, everyone. You may be seated. I absolutely love that new song that was introduced to us this morning. I believe that God wants to pour out His Spirit, and I believe He wants to use you to do it. Amen? You know, we pray sometimes for a move of God, and we should, but I believe that heaven is praying for a move of God's people. And uh, we are His people, and we are on a mission. That is why the church is here. I just want to say that Julie and I are so thrilled to be here with you today. Uh, We love your pastors. As Pastor Kyle said, that we have known them for years. I think that he was a baby when we met him. Uh, but we're very proud of the, the, the man of God and the woman of God that they have grown up to be. And how God is using them in such a marvelous way to launch to a, a church, a world-changing church like this right here in this community. And uh, I want you to know that, you know, Julie and I, we, we travel all over the world. We're in contact with many different churches and many different cultures. We meet a lot of pastors. And I want you to know, I can assure you that uh, you are blessed. You are blessed at Hillsong, Kansas City with very, very fine pastors. Uh, pastors that have integrity. They have honor. They have the character of Jesus. They live pure lives. And uh, I know that because I'm responsible for making sure that they do as a, as a board member and as a friend, as a big brother, as Uncle Todd, I am responsible for making sure that they stay on course for the long haul. And uh, so we're blessed, so blessed to be here. And before I get into the word this morning, uh, I just want you to know uh, that Julie and I are so thankful Uh, for your partnership with our missions outreach. Uh, Julie and I have been doing missions for many years. We live in the nation of Thailand. We work in several countries in Southeast and Central Asia. We work in the Middle East. And uh, we would not be able to do what we do without churches and friends like you that support our work. And just a few weeks ago, uh, Pastor Kyle and I did an interview together. Uh, If you were here in church, you may have seen that. And... uh, we were so blown away by your generosity as you gave into our Empower Children's Education project. Uh, we're educating hundreds of children that wouldn't have access to education. And uh, you guys gave so big, and I just wanted to say thank you. I'm glad that I could be here personally to look you in the eye and express our gratitude for how you blessed Empower so that we could be a blessing to those children to be educated this year. And, you know, if it wasn't for people like you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. And so it means the world to us. The, the day after we received that offering from Hillsong, Kansas City, it was sent overseas and immediately put into action, 100% of it. And so we're so grateful to you for that. Are you ready for the word this morning? All right. Well, we're talking about in this series that the church is in right now, Christ in you. And I want to talk to you about the the reality of Christ in you, but unlocking that reality so that we can release the Christ in you into a world that desperately needs him. 
I don't know if you've looked around lately or hopefully you're not watching too much of the news, but we live in a world that is really messed up. Uh, just driving over here today, I saw tents out in the, med- in the medians and the highways, and there are people who are desperately crying out for hope. There are hopeless people all over our world, and it is the Christ in you. When we unlock that Christ in you, we can bring that hope to the people who are desperately crying out for him. You know, there's a story in the book of Acts, uh, two guys named Peter and John. Uh, they, they had just had an encounter with Jesus, and they were going about their daily lives. They were going into the temple at the time of prayer. And as they were headed in there, there was a guy that was there begging, saying, would you give me some money? And as Peter and John were going in, this is something that they were doing in the routine of their days. You know, as we're going about the routines of going to work, going to school, going to our friend's house, watching the Chiefs win, and all those sorts of things, uh, we go about our routines. There are people that we pass every day. And just as Peter and John, they stood before him, and in the 21st century version of the interpreting what they said to this man, they said, hey, buddy, we see you there. We care about you. But I can tell you right now, it's not money that you need, but what we do have, we give to you. And when they did that, they said, in the name of Jesus Christ, they, they unlocked the Christ in them. They unlocked that, the, 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 the power of God that was residing in them from the time that they had the encounter with Jesus. And they said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And what happened? There was a release of power, and that man's life was changed that day. This is the power of Christ in you. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, is that you would have the same kind of boldness and conviction in your heart that Peter and John had in their heart. So as you go about the routines of your life, it's not just up to the missionary and the pastor to demonstrate the power of God in people's lives. It's up to us as believers to do that as well. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Peter and John gave us a great example, but the great missionary Paul, as he writes to the church in Corinth, listen to his heart and listen to what he says and embrace this for you also in your life, in your Christianity. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 3, Paul says, we try to live in such a way that no one will be hindered from finding the Lord by the way we act. We try to live in such a way. Let this become personal to you, that I would live in such a way that nobody that I meet as I go through life would be hindered from finding the Lord. Because how many of you have people that you see every day of your life that need Jesus? In your school, in your workplace, in the marketplace, people need Jesus. And our prayer should be, God, let me live in such a way that no one will be hindered, but they will actually be attracted and want to have the Jesus that changed my life. How many of you would say that Jesus has radically changed your life? Jesus has radically changed you. When I was 16 years old, my life was dark. It was bad. But through my precious, the one who became my precious wife, as a teenage girl, she shared Jesus with me. Just like Peter and John shared Jesus with that crippled guy. Just like Paul's talking about here, live in such a way that we won't hinder people from knowing Jesus. Julie was living in such a way and sharing with me that she attracted me to Jesus. I was attracted to her, obviously, but it was through her that I was attracted to Jesus, and he radically changed my life. In verse 4 of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, in the, in the Passion Translation, it says, as God's servants... 
as God's servants. I'm speaking to a room today filled with God's servants. It's not just the Apostle Paul, not just Peter and John, not just Pastor Kyle and missionary Todd. It's we are God's servants. It says we prove ourselves authentic in every way. We prove ourselves authentic in every way. I wanted to emphasize this because I believe the world is sick of fake. The world is sick of religion. I can't stand religion. I love Jesus. But religion puts people in bondage. Religion condemns people for all the things they're doing wrong. They ju religion judges people. And the world is already judged. They already know it. They don't need us telling them that they're sinners and judging them even further. They need us to prove ourselves authentic followers of Jesus. In verse 6, back to the New Living Translation, it says, We have proven ourselves by our purity, by our understanding, our patience, our kindness, our sincere love, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Notice it says that we have proven ourselves by our purity. So there's something about the way that Paul is living. There's something about his lifestyle that is important to him as he releases the Christ in him to represent Jesus to the world. In Romans chapter 15, verse 18, again, Paul speaking to the, the Christians in Rome, he says, I've brought the Gentiles to God. I've brought the Gentiles to God. We must understand that as a church, as believers, as followers of Jesus, this is our mission. This is our mission. Now, I thank God that we can come to church and we can encourage one another and we can uh, have our social gatherings and we can watch the Chiefs win tonight and we can do all those fun things together. That's, that's what the family and the body of Christ is, is about, is, is that fellowship that we have with one another that brings the strength. But that is not the end game. That is not the end of our mission. Our mission is to bring this life-changing message that has changed our lives to the people who don't know him. And this is what Paul is saying here. He said, I've brought the Gentiles to God. That's why he was on this planet. That's what his purpose was, is to bring the Gentiles to God. But notice how he says he did it. He did it by his message. In other words, he had a message of life. He had a message of hope. He had a message of salvation. He had the message of Jesus Christ that he brought to the Gentiles. And that message was so powerful and so attractive that so many people wanted to bring Jesus into their life. But he didn't stop there. It says, I brought them to God by my message and by the way I lived before them. By the way I lived before them. So there's something about our lifestyles that ought to be attractive. There's something about our lifestyles that it will be different, that will cause people to look at you and say, there's something about you. There's something about your family. There's something about your marriage. There's something about your life that attracts me. And I'm interested to know what is it that makes you different than everybody else. And then you have the perfect opportunity to bring that message. And it says, and I've won them over by the power of God's spirit. I've won them over by the power of God's spirit. So we see these three things working together. We see our message. We see our, the way we live. And we see the power of God working with us. So the Christ in you and, and being attractive and drawing people to Jesus, it's not all left up to you. You can't live the kind of life that God wants you to live without the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. 
We lean on God to empower us to live in such a way that people will want to come to know Jesus. So let me ask you a couple questions just to provoke your thinking even further, because I want you to consider this personally, not just for somebody you're thinking about right now. There's a Packers shirt. Go Pack Co. We'll get you out of here before the game starts. Sorry, this really distracted me. That's all I'll say. I was born in Wisconsin. That's all I'll say. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. I've got to remember where I am right now. So as followers of Jesus, again, how many followers of Jesus, how many Christians are in the room? That's good to see your hands going up. As followers of Jesus, does it matter what people think about us? Does it matter what people think about us? That's an easy answer. Absolutely, it matters what people think. Does it matter how we live and how we act as followers of Jesus? Absolutely, 100%, it matters. Is it possible? Listen to this, because it's, this is something serious and deep in the heart of God that is important about our lives. Does, is it possible that a person may or may not come to Christ simply by observing the way we live our lives? By the way we live our lives, it could actually influence whether someone would want to come to Christ or whether someone would reject Christ. So this is something that I feel is very important, should be very important to us as followers of Jesus. One of the greatest callings, you know, we hear about God calling people. One of the greatest callings, one of the greatest privileges, and I believe one of the greatest responsibilities that we have as believers is to represent our Lord Jesus Christ to our world, to be representatives of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to represent? I like definitions, so I'll give you a definition of what it means to represent. It means to act on behalf of. So you have to understand Christ in you. Unlocking the Christ in you is to act on behalf of Jesus Christ. He's not here in the natural anymore. He's seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. But he's here through you. And now it's our responsibility to act on behalf of Jesus Christ in this world. You've heard the little saying, probably it's years ago I heard this, that you may be the only Jesus that some people will ever see. You are acting on behalf of Jesus Christ. You are his representative. It means to make present. It means to portray, to set in view, to show, to exhibit, to display, and to exemplify. This is not a message of, of, to, to make anyone feel less or to feel condemned. It is a message to empower us to realize that through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the life of God within us, we can exemplify Christ. We can exemplify Christ. So we have to ask ourselves, it's good to measure how we're doing. Is my life exemplifying Christ? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. You realized, I don't know, I don't think you realize it. When you looked in the mirror this morning, you were looking at a masterpiece. Not just physical, but the spiritual person that Jesus has made you. You are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. So that we can do and so that we can be. He created a masterpiece. You are an amazing piece of work. Tell the person next to you, you are a piece of work. Actually say amazing piece of work. Not just a piece of work. 
but you're an amazing piece of work. When you receive Jesus, it was like God took this, this lump of clay. I know before I received Jesus, I just felt like a piece of dirt, <laughs> like a piece of clay. And he put me on his potter's wheel. He is an amazing potter. And my world began to spin and he began to put pressure on me. He began to take things out and put things in. And he began to make a beautiful vessel out of my life. And that's exactly what he's done to you. You are a masterpiece. See, Christ in you makes you an amazing piece of work, a beautiful masterpiece. That means that the, the old you is gone and the new you is here. You know, every one of us have dark seasons. We have times where we failed. We have times that we're ashamed of. We have seasons that are, we just want to forget. God wants you to know that you don't have to live in that old you anymore. He wants you to live in that new you that he's made you, that masterpiece of who you are. Doesn't mean that you'll never make a mistake again, but as long as you remain on the potter's wheel, he'll fix it and continue working on the masterpiece that you are. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24, this is such a powerful verse. I hope that you will grasp the reality of who you are in Christ. He says, you must display. There again is a word for representation. You must display. This is not a suggestion. This is the way we live as believers. See, see fish live in water. Dogs bark. We, as believers, live this way. It's natural for us to live this way because God made us this way. He says, you must display a new nature. A new nature. Because, why? Because you are a new person. Look at your neighbor and say, you are a new person. <laughs> Thank God we are new people. We're not those old, dirty, rotten sinners we used to be. But we are new people in Christ. It says created in God's likeness. You were created to be like God. Wow, that's amazing. You were created to be like God. That means that you were born of God. It says of Jesus that he was the firstborn among many. He was the first. You are somewhere in that line. You are born of God. That means that you have God's spiritual DNA living in you. That means that you were made out of the same thing that makes God who he is. You are not God, thank God. I am not God, thank God. But we were made out of the same thing that makes him who he is. And we must display and demonstrate that new nature. Why? Because that's the very thing that will attract people to know him. That's, that's Christ in you that God is wanting to unlock for the world to see. See, when God made you, when God molded you, and thank God he's still making, he's still molding. When God fashioned you, your life becomes a beautiful testimony. A beautiful testimony because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. One of the most powerful things we do in the countries where we work is we preach the simple, powerful gospel, but we also demonstrate it by sharing what God did in our lives. Your life becomes a beautiful testimony. It's like a, your life, God wants to use your life like a trophy in the trophy case of heaven to display so that everybody can see the win that you experienced in your life. He wants to use your life as a billboard, like a big billboard. What does a billboard do? It advertises something. It's made to attract people to want what's on that big billboard. Where we live in Thailand, by the 
Bangkok airport. They have the biggest billboards I've ever seen in my life. They're like bigger than the side of this building. Big billboards. Why? Because they're trying to attract people to want what they're displaying on that billboard. This is what God wants to do with your life. Your life becomes a bright reflection that God uses to advertise his magnificence. It's not about attracting people to us. I'm not interested in people liking Todd. I'm interested in people liking God. And we want to attract people to him. We become a a bright reflection, and it attracts others to experience his greatness like we experience his greatness. How sad it would be if we just hoarded all of God's goodness to ourselves and didn't display that and bring it into the lives of other people as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Again, the great missionary talking here, the Apostle Paul. And I, I hope that you will allow the Holy Spirit to just drop this, these verses that I'm about to read into your heart to help you understand, to help you understand the, the reality of Christ in you, to, to understand who you really are, to, to tap into your true identity in Christ. I'm convinced that we as Christians, we only see glimpses, like small percentages of this reality of Christ in us. But I believe God's just going to blow the doors off of the revelation that we have of who we really are. Because it's not just about us. It's about the world that needs what we have. So listen to these verses and let let it get into your heart. Verse 18, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It says, we can be. We can be. You can do this. (laughs) We can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. This is unlocking the Christ in you to reflect the glory of the Lord. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, this is a key. This is so key right here. Are we resistant? Are we rebellious to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Or are we welcoming the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Are we, are we welcoming the convictions when he says, don't watch that, don't do that, don't hang out there? Are we welcoming the work of the Holy Spirit within us? When he says, I want, you to, I want to put this in you. I want to give you a new boldness. I want to give you a new fire that we can spread through our city. Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to work within us? And when we do this, when we allow the Holy Spirit to work within us, notice the results. We become more and more like him. We become more and more like Jesus when we allow the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to work in our lives to make us more and more like Him. And we reflect His glory even more. Now notice as we continue, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made us understand that this light is the brightness of the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Notice he's quoting from Genesis chapter 1 where it says, Let there be light in the darkness. There was a time... If you read Genesis chapter 1, it says that the earth was formless and void. That gross darkness filled the earth. But it says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the deep. And it says, when God said, let there be light, immediately the chaos, the darkness, the, the death, everything left and order came. Light came, life 
came. This is what he did in our lives. Our lives were messed up. It was like formless, void, chaos. And then when Jesus came into our life, light came in, life came in, order came in, meaning came in, purpose came in, and our, light be- our, our life began to shine like the, the glory of God in Genesis chapter 1. Verse 7, but this tr- precious treasure, this precious treasure, this light and power that now shine within us. This is where I want you to understand who is in you. The reality of Christ in you is that you have this light and you have this power residing on the inside of you and it's just waiting for you to unlock the the reality of Christ in you so that the world can experience that light and that power that lives within us. These These perishable containers are weak bodies are the container of the glorious power of God that he wants to reveal in our generation. That is amazing when you really think about who we are in Christ. See, Christ in you, he was, he was never meant to be contained. He was never meant to be hidden within us, to be kept within us. He was meant to explode out of us and to be revealed to a lost, a dark, and a dying world in which we live. In fact, Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. He says, let your light shine. Let your light shine. This is God's word to every one of you today. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and your moral excellence and recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. See, the way we live matters. Moral excellence. Moral excellence. God will help us live a life of moral excellence. And when we do, our life will demonstrate and represent Jesus in such a way that people will be attracted to us, to Jesus. See, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, I want you to get what I'm about to say. We must understand that we form people's opinions about God. At your workplace, in your family, wherever you hang out, When someone finds out that you're a Christian, someone finds out that you're a follower of Jesus, guess what? They begin forming their opinion about God based upon watching you. So does it matter how we live? Does it matter that we do our best to live a life of moral excellence, to glorify God so that others may be attracted to him? Because people are forming opinions about God all the time. And I can tell you right now that there are a lot of people who have wrong opinions because people haven't represented Jesus that well. But if we will commit ourselves to represent Jesus really well, I believe people will be attracted to him. <clears throat> See, remember what I read in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We try to live in such a way. I hope that this will be a new commitment that we make, that we will try to live in such a way. I'm not talking about self-righteousness. I'm talking about living his righteousness and who he has made us to be. Live in such a way that no one will be hindered from finding the Lord by the way we act. By the way we act. People will not be hindered from finding him. I sincerely believe, based upon our years of ministry experience, reading what the Bible says, watching humanity, I believe that if we as Christians will accurately and authentically Represent Jesus. 
he will be absolutely irresistible. When you think of Jesus, he is irresistible. We didn't resist him, did we? We gladly accepted him into our lives. He's irresistible if we will accurately represent him. Every time we speak, every, in everything we do, in the way we treat others, we create a perspective. We create an image. We create an opinion about God, about Jesus, and about Christianity in the minds of people. This is, this is why this is a serious thing to me. Because it's important that we take it seriously. Because people's lives depend on it. Think about it. If someone spends an hour, a day, or a week with you, if they watch your life, what opinion will they have formed about your religion, about your Jesus, about your God? When someone sees my attitude, if, if, if I'm negative, if I'm mean, if I'm always complaining, if I'm a know-it-all, and I, and I treat people as such, do you think that they're really going to want to be like me? Do you think that if they see bad attitudes coming out of me, that that's a good representation of Jesus? But if they see someone who's happy, someone who has joy in their lives, someone who is encouraging people, someone who's nice to people, like Julie and I meet with government officials in other countries, and in many of the countries where we work, they're Buddhist, they're Muslim. They, they, don't, they really don't know anything about Christianity. They've never heard the gospel before. But when they have an encounter with us, our goal is to represent Jesus in such a way that they'll begin asking questions to us so that they can know the Jesus that we have in our lives. And we see that happening all the time. This is, this is our goal. Because when someone sees our attitude, when someone sees the way we treat other people, when someone sees the way I treat my wife, when someone sees the way I do business, when someone sees my work ethic, I realize that that is a reflection of the God on the inside of me. And so those things matter. Many people have rejected Christ because of so-called Christians misrepresenting Jesus. Even in some of our uh, our evangelism methods, I think we misrepresent Jesus in such a way that it makes people think, I don't really, I'm not interested in that. I think there are things that we, God will, creative ideas that God will give us that will make Christianity, make Jesus so attractive that people want to come to know him. Paul was in this, uh, when he was in Rome, he was in a confrontation with, with a bunch of religious people. Because religion is the the worst misrepresentation of Christianity there is. Religion misrepresents it so badly that it causes people to say, nope, not interested, I don't want anything to do with it. But Paul was in this confrontation with these religious people, and he says this, it's kind of hard. I don't know if you could say it in 21st century, but Paul said it, so I'll just read it. Take it for what it is. But he says this, no wonder the scriptures say the world blasphemes the name of God because of you. Whoa, that's pretty tough stuff. Swallow that if you can. But think about it. The world blasphemes God because of you? What do I call that the injustice of misrepresentation. Jesus is so good. How could we possibly misrepresent him? <laughs> Rather than being appealing, these guys were appalling. Rather than, than being attractive, they were repulsive. 
I believe that God wants to make Jesus so appealing and so attractive and that if we will just simply genuinely represent him for who he really is, he's irresistible to anyone who's open to him. Amen. I want to say again that God is the one who empowers us to do this. God gives us the ability to do this. Let's determine. This is my challenge to you today. Wherever you are in your walk with Jesus, let's determine to make Jesus so attractive that people will not be able to resist him. Paul said to the Thessalonians, he says, the way we lived among you was further proof of the truth of our message. The way we lived was further proof of our message. In other words, is our life matching our message? We must live what we preach and preach what we live. I don't want to be a preacher that comes up here and tells you to do something and then totally lives a different way. I want to live what I preach and preach what I live. And I can tell you, this is, this is my goal. It's, it's to make Jesus so attractive everywhere I go. I don't want to attract people to me. I want to attract people to him. Three secret weapons. I'm going to close with this. Let's all stand together as I begin to wind this down. Three secret weapons that God has given you that will make your life so attractive. And it will draw people to the amazing Jesus that has fashioned you to be like him. He's fashioned you to be like him. <laughs> These are the three secret weapons. Number one is God's love. There's the, the world is desperately crying out to be loved and accepted. There's so much hate in our world right now. And the world is just saying, would someone just care about me? Would someone please love me? And God has given you this secret weapon that we call love. The Bible says that God is love. And in another verse real near that, it says that, that we're to be like him. As he is, so are we. If God is love, then Todd is love. Even when I don't feel like it. God is love. Todd is love. As he is, so are we. The greatest commandment Jesus said is to love God and to love people. What a great weapon he's given to us because love is kind. Love is nice. Love smiles at people when you don't feel like smiling. You know what? I challenge you to go out this week and purposefully love people. Be nice to people. Give them compliments. Say some encouraging words to them. Love people. Love is compassionate. It accepts and it forgives. Love is not judgmental. Love covers the faults and the failures of other people. Love builds up. Love encourages. Love gives. Love helps. When we demonstrate this kind of love, Jesus becomes irresistible to those who experience that love. Another secret weapon that God has given to you is His power. God wants to use you to release His power in the lives of other people. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went around doing good. God has anointed you with the Holy Spirit and with power so you can go around doing good. It says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that we receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us so that we can do what? So we can demonstrate God's love to the people around us. God gives you power to love, power to heal, power to change, power to win. God gives you power to bring hope, to bring peace, to bring joy. He gives you power to bring purpose and meaning into people's lives. And that's what they're crying out for. 
God gives you power to bring light in the dark places. God powers you to, empowers you to bring power into the places where there's death so that there's life within the people that we come into contact with. Our last secret weapon that I'll tell you about today is something, a game changer. And that's that display, that billboard. It's called a beautiful life. God has given you a beautiful life. How many of you would say your life is more beautiful today than it was when you were a sinner? Amen. <laughs> a beautiful life. A beautiful life is not a perfect life. A beautiful life is a life that's surrendered to Jesus. A beautiful life is a life that is filled with the Holy Spirit. A beautiful life is a life that is full of meaning and purpose. It's full of integrity, honor, character, and holiness. That's a beautiful life. A beautiful life is a life that is flooded with God. God wants to flood your life so much to fill you up, overflowing, so that He can demonstrate His life and goodness everywhere you go. So let's take these three secret weapons. Let's take God's love. Let's take God's power. And let's take your beautiful life and display it for all the world to see so that people will be attracted to Jesus. See, that's the reality of Christ in you. Unlocking it so that others can experience the freedom, the life that he's given to you. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that this message, like a seed, will go into the hearts of every person and will produce great fruit. Father, help us represent Jesus. Help us demonstrate love and power and the beautiful life that you've given to us. Help us be appealing and attractive to the world around us. Give us the boldness to, to display the Christ in us everywhere we go. I just thank you, Father, that you fill every person with a heart of compassion and love for the lost, to love their families, to love their co-workers, to demonstrate the reality of Jesus through their life so that others will be attracted to you, Jesus. We just thank you for that. I pray your blessing upon each one here today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.